0: To my two cents podcast, episode 53, which is entitled Unknown. I am your host, G2, and today I'm going to give you uh, the national food days of the week before I give you the topics. And today, being December 19th, it's Hard Candy Day and also Oatmeal Muffin Day. Tomorrow, December the 20th, will be Sangria Day. After that, December 21st, French Fried Shrimp Day. December 22nd, Date Nut Bread Day. December 23rd, Bake Day, December 24th, Christmas Eve, Eggnog Day, and Christmas, December 25th, Pumpkin Pie Day, and Kiss the Cook Day. I'm surprised that it's Pumpkin Pie Day on December 25th. I think Pumpkin Pie should be over with. But, hey, they says part of the uh, National Food Days of the Week, so I'm just reporting that. Anyway, the reason why I titled this episode Unknown is because I have a list of topics this week. I'm going to be updating you on the Kim Potter trial. I'm going to be talking about other things. But I didn't know how to really uh, coexist all the topics together as I've been doing previously throughout the whole year. So that's just the reason why I entitled this uh, episode The Unknown. But anyway, um, last week I talked to you guys about the tornado that hit uh, the Midwest area last week. And right now I just want to read you guys something from the Washington Post as it reads... Tornado deaths trending down, but last week's outbreak shows enduring danger. As the article reads, an Amazon factory in Illinois collapsed, killing six. A nursing home was destroyed in Arkansas, killing one and crucially injuring five. A candle manufacturing plant in hard-hit Kentucky was devastated, killing eight. The latest estimates place the death count from last week's tornado event, at 88, a figure that may still rise. The number of fatalities indicates tragedy without very much modern, persistent, a stark deviation from recent tornado outbreaks in which there was considerably less loss of life. So meaning that not a lot of people did lose their lives by as much carnage as you did see last week throughout uh, the Midwest area where the tornado did hit, especially in Kentucky area because when you look at uh Kentucky and especially the places that the tornado did hit you see all these houses ravaged i mean you see certain houses not ravaged but i mean there is about to get 80% of the houses in that certain Kentucky uh landscape in that location that were completely just destroyed and distraught now and now you have people trying to find places to live they're trying to find uh refuge for them to live under now they got to now wait for the country the government to come down and try to save them and give them some type of relief because now tornado hits your whole life is gone literally because your house is gone you got no clothes really that much on your back you got to really just scrape by what you can scrape by and now you have to really figure out okay what are we going to do did do i have a house insurance do i have any type of thing that gives us some type of aid is the government going to come down to save us or help us give us some relief we don't know these things and it's still a it's still a mystery to me because i don't know how it is to feel in that predicament i've always been blessed uh in an area that i'm currently living in right now whenever there will be hurricanes coming down the only the, I mean like the biggest thing that happened to us was like we lost power for what four days Like, we literally lost power in our home for four days, and then, like, the fifth day, the light came back on, and I remember when the light came back on, I just literally stopped and stared at the light for about a good solid three minutes. I just really just stopped and stared at it because I got to see electricity, and I haven't seen electricity for the past four days, and I was actually able to wash myself thoroughly, take a shower. I mean, just be back to regular civilization, back to regular style of living the way it was before the hurricane hit, and that was in 2016. But for these people that have had their whole lives literally turned upside down with people losing their lives in these tornadoes and their whole homes being ravaged and destroyed, I don't know how they're going to do. This is really going to be testing somebody's emotional uh mental health, especially with it being the holiday time. Kids' gifts being gone now. Now you got the kids uh adding the stress of they're not having they're not gonna have a Christmas this year because the tornado came around and destroyed your home and took one of your loved ones out or probably even both. I mean adults right now really gotta figure out okay what's gonna happen. They really got to really I will say right now, if you're in the Kentucky area or you're in Illinois that lost your place, or if you're in any of these areas that have lost your homes or lost loved ones, I want you to really connect with people that, are, that have lost like you, that are dealing with the same thing like you. You guys need to come together and really lean on each other. This is whenever humanity needs to come together and lean on each other. I hope there's a GoFundMe out there for these people. I don't know. I haven't really searched on these things. Because life, as it pertains to me, happens and I'm kind of busy with my own situation. But for the people that are out there looking at this event, looking at this news article and hearing me right now. If you do see a GoFundMe, just put a little bit in there if you can, what you can give. Because right now, these are people that are needing our help as humans. These are people that are needing our assistance. And if I had money like that, I would be giving it like that. I don't. So that's the reason why I can't give out anything. And I'm just being blunt. So if anybody wants to give out anything to these people, please do it. I would please encourage it. People might say, Joe, you don't have money. So how can you encourage it? It's being a good human being. If I just I'm not going to lie to you. Certain things I'm never going to donate to because I ain't that type of guy. But in this type of situation right now, if I had the money like that, I would be donating something because right now you got parents that are trying to uh deal with getting their selves back together, dealing with getting their families together they gotta try to make a way for something for the kids because you got to I'm not gonna say you got to, but it's gonna weigh on them that their kids aren't gonna have a good Christmas this year. I mean a lot of things that are just we take for granted a lot of the times, but now they can't take for granted because all that stuff has been destroyed. So, if you can, go fund me them and try to give something, if you can, that's only if you can. But still, put uh, these people in your prayers. Let them know that you are here for them. If you are around them, give them a ride. Shoot, as a matter of fact, it was on CNN way last Sunday after I literally uploaded this and published it. Uh, I looked on CNN and I was with my mother and we saw it and I believe it was a church uh, pastor talking about how his house and his congregation got destroyed. No, no, no. It was on Monday. Congregation got destroyed. One of his fellows, the people that are in the church, uh, picked him up, took him to the church grounds. They had church there. They ended up giving him car keys to a car, and I believe he's at a place where they are actually able to uh, live right now. I don't remember the whole thing, but I remember like a fellow uh, person of the church, a congregation member, giving him a vehicle and I believe a place to live at for this turn, for the certain time being. But again, it's humanity all coming together at this dire. Uh, time, and I want everybody to please just if you can give something, keep these people in your prayers because by God, do they need it? And I just want to say they are in my prayers. Now, let's get on to other topics. Um, I want to give you guys an update on the Kim Potter trial. Um, this week she got on the stand, but before she got on the stand, a sergeant testified that he never heard of an officer accidentally drawing their gun instead of a taser. Uh, Tuesday. During the trial, a sergeant, Michael Peterson, who leads training on the use of tasers at the Brooklyn Center Police Department, went up there and testified. And this is coming from Insider. Uh, Peterson, who is a 16-year veteran of the Brooklyn Center Police Department, who has been a use of force instructor since 2007, he was called on he was called to the stand by prosecutors in the trial of Kim Potter the former Brooklyn Center police officer who killed Dante Wright, Potter, who has claimed she accidentally shot Wright during a traffic stop in April 2021, saying uh, she mistook her firearm for the less than lethal taser. She was charged with first and second degree manslaughter and pleaded not guilty to both charges. Tuesday, Minnesota Assistant Attorney General Matthew Frank, who is leading the manslaughter case against Potter, asked Peterson if he has ever heard of such a thing. He says, in all the years that you've been working at the Brooklyn Center Police Department, Frank asks, have you been aware of any other officers who have been drawn who had drawn their handgun when they meant to draw their taser? Peterson replied, I don't. He said he was less certain if anybody had made such a mistake during a training session, saying he has conducted so many over the years it will be hard to say for sure. Earlier in the day, Peterson said officers were also taught not to use a taser on someone operating a vehicle. Potter shot Wright while he was in the driver's seat of his car, which crashed into another moments later. Peterson's testimony came after a Brooklyn Center police officer spoke about the department's policy on the use of tasers. Garrett Fleshland, a police commander, explained that officers are taught to keep their tasers on their non-dominant side. He testified that he prefers to keep his in the non, well, in the cross-draw position, which requires reaching across one's body with the dominant hand to grab the taser, the handle of which is facing the front. Body cam footage shows Potter had her taser in the reaction draw position where the handle is towards the rear end. Apparently that's really like important I'm not going to say it's really important because if that's part of the policy and the guidelines, especially when you have a dangerous and a real lethal weapon like a gun, you got to really follow the handbook because if you don't, you are... You're you're not doing your job. I'm just going to put it like that. When you're driving and you're starting off driving, you have both hands on the wheel. Certain people, when they drive now, after they got their driver's license, certain people drive with one hand... Certain people drive with their left or right. Certain people drive with uh, both of their hands still. Certain people put it at the 9 uh, o'clock position like you would see on a clock, right, where you put your hand on the steering wheel. Certain people put their hands at the 11 o'clock position. Certain people put their hands at the 4, 8 o'clock position on the wheel. It's all about being safety and how you drive a vehicle, but there's only one way you could drive a vehicle. You got to have your hands on the wheel. When you are a police officer, apparently you got to have your uh gun on the side where it's well as it said from the police uh, commander over here uh they're kept it on well they keep the taser on their non-dominant side so I mean that tells me that their gun has to be on their dominant side. So so you could whip it out much more quicker. That's the only thing I could get out of this. So Kim Potter must have quickly reacted and grabbed her gun on her dominant side on her dominant hand and quickly did what she did to Dante Wright because you can see it even on the camera footage. You don't see her whip it out quick, but you see her uh having the gun, pointing it at Mr. Wright, and you can hear her say taser, 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 and then you see it, but it like stops it right there because the court footage always kind of like stops it there a little bit. And you see the gun go off and then you just see the next thing you know, the car is driving off. So again With her saying taser, 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 as Dante is trying to get himself back into the driver's side, well, into the driver position, you can see that she had enough time to look down and see what she was holding, to notice that it was a gun. But I digress. Uh, she gets on the stand Friday, and she says that it just went chaotic, uh... I remember yelling, taser, 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 and nothing happened. And then another cop told me I shot him, she said, before busting into tears and holding her head in her hands. Potter, 49, testified in her own defense at her trial, where she stands to face first to second degree manslaughter charges, of course. Potter, who's a 26-year veteran cop who is white and has since resigned from Brooklyn Center Police Department, fatally shot right during a traffic stop in Minneapolis suburb Uh, Shortly after, whenever they play the footage in the courtroom, in the footage, you can see Potter say, shit, I shot him, before collapsing to the ground, screaming and saying, I'm going to prison. While under questioning by defense attorney Earl Grey, Potter says she did not remember saying that she was going to prison. Potter again erupted into tears on the stand while body camera footage of the incident was played frame by frame for the jury during cross-examination. The former cop appears so visibly shaken that the court judge, uh, Renee Cho, called a break for lunch. Potter testified earlier Friday that she remembered former Sergeant Michael Johnson, who had responded to the scene that April day with a look of fear on his face amidst the struggle with right moments before the shooting. "'It's nothing I've seen before,' she said of Johnson's reaction. Potter's defense is hinging a large part of his argument on the fact that Johnson was leaning into the car from the passenger side seconds before the shooting. Johnson previously testified that he would have been probably dragged and possibly killed if Wright succeeded in fleeing the traffic stop while he was inside the car. Potter told the jury that she and another training officer initially pulled Wright over for an expired license place tag and an air freshener hanging in the rearview mirror. After they pulled Wright over, they found that Wright had a warrant for a misdemeanor weapons violation, Potter said. Sergeant Johnson and Officer Anthony Lucky told Wright he was under arrest, and I told him he had a warrant. Potter said, adding earlier that Lucky wanted to stop the vehicle. See, again, it doesn't matter. See, I want to just get this rightly clear again. There are certain things you need to stop somebody on for. If expired tags, you gotta give somebody a break. If it's an expired tag, if it's a one-month expired tag, ayo, they probably tags probably haven't come in yet. Something hasn't been paid off yet, or whatever the case may be. Give some money to benefit it out for one month tag. Two to three months? Okay, you'll probably pull them over and like give them a tap on the window and say, hey, yo, your tags are expired or something. Something like that of that magnitude, right? But just to add, it, they pulled the man over also for an air freshener hanging in the rearview mirror. That is so dumb to me. I remember as a child, air fresheners being sold in gas stations, and you will hang them up on the rearview mirror and all this type of stuff just to get your car to smell nice. I understand because we got air wake now. You pull it into the air vent and all these other things now that you don't need the thing hanging above the uh, rearview mirror. But certain people still do that. So I don't understand how that will cause somebody to say, hey, yo, we're going to grab them up and try to get them for that. It's, it's stupid to me, but all right, cool. This is where we're going with this. But getting back to the uh, trial here. She's a 26-year vet. How can you, as a 26-year vet, make that rookie mistake of not knowing which weapon you grabbed? You can say the heat of the moment is so quick, it's so fast. Let me break this to you. If you're a veteran at something, guess what? You're not making rookie mistakes. You're not going to do that. You will say that's a rookie mistake that you're making. If a chef makes a rookie mistake, they're going to really question themselves, how did I make that rookie mistake? As a matter of fact, a lot of chefs really don't make that many rookie mistakes like that. Especially when it comes to high uh like call proceedings. If they gotta cook something for a um celebrity or whatever, they go through all the procedures. Does this person have an allergy? What? Uh, do they like to eat? They go through all these things. They get all the ingredients themselves because they know they have a high stressful job they got to do and perform at that particular moment, cooking for a celebrity. Same thing going with a security guard. A security guard probably was a security guard for, what, 10 to 15 years? He's a veteran at it. He knows exactly the ins and outs. He knows the locations of certain clubs. He knows what the celebrity is going to do. He's been around the block so many times. He's not going to make a rookie mistake. So, again, with an officer, and I've said it before in the past episodes constantly, you're a police officer. You guys hold a high level of responsibility. You guys have a high level of authority because you guys have a badge and a gun. Two of the most dangerous weapons in all of American society, the badge and the gun, because you can kill somebody with a gun and you can hide behind it by the badge, in which we have seen a lot of police officers do it, Time and time again. It's just now that officers are not getting away with it because now officers are now trying, not trying, officers now are getting uh they're they're now being held to the fire now because of their mistakes. Not even mistakes, because some of them aren't even mistakes, but they're decisions. That's the correct word to use. The decisions that they did that they consciously make. And this is one that Kim Potter has to live with. She has to take accountability for this. She should have never... This thing should have never went to trial. Okay? And I want to read you guys something here, okay? Because this was a comment that I was looking on YouTube and I was going down a rabbit hole for this. I want you, to, I want you guys to hear this, okay? Because this was on a YouTube video that was titled uh, from ABC7. Kim Porter testifies in her own defense and breaks down during testimony. And somebody in the comments wrote this. A 26-year-old truck driver can get sentenced to 110 years for brake failure and losing control for killing four, but a cop accidentally using her gun instead of a taser and killing someone, probably just community service. Now, you might say, what? A truck driver getting 110 years for four people dying for a brake failure? How does that... Yeah, I didn't know that neither until... I got sent that by my mother on Instagram, and then I started going down the rabbit hole myself, and it's true. This was, uh, as a matter of fact, I'm going to read you guys something right now, and this is coming from uh, CBS News from Denver. A truck driver was sentenced earlier this week to 110 years in prison for a 2019 crash that left four people dead and several others injured in Colorado. By Friday, more than 3.4 million people have signed a petition asking Colorado Governor Jared. Poles to grant clemency to Roel, Aguilera, Medeiros, or uh time or cumulative for time has been served. AKA the time that he has served so far, you could tack that or tack that down to the time that uh, the judge wants to give him. Uh Heather Gilby, the author of the change.org petition, wrote, We are not trying to make it seem any less of a tragic accident that it is because, yes, lives were lost. In 2019 of April, the truck driver was driving lost its brakes. Colorado CBS in Denver reported he passed one of the state's runaway truck ramps as he descended from the mountains, a point the prosecution focused heavily on during the trial. He then crashed into several vehicles, Stopped on eastbound i seventy in Lakewood, sparking a massive fire. The highway was shut down in both directions for roughly twenty four hours, according to the station. The crash killed a twenty four year old, a sixty seven year old, a sixty one year old, and a sixty nine year old. Uh, Aguilera was ultimately sentenced. Well, or was ultimately convicted of twenty seven counts, including vehicular homicide. Before he was sentenced. Aguilera told CBS Denver he tried his best to avoid vehicles stopped on the road, but couldn't avoid them all. My life is not a happy life. It is a very sad life because four people died, he said tearfully, adding that he wished he had died rather than the four who did. During the sentencing, the judge acknowledged that Aguilera didn't intend to harm anyone, but under guidelines set by the law, his sentence could be no less than 110 years. I respect And accept what the defendant has said, but he made a series of terrible decisions, reckless decisions, the judge said. So, we're gonna give a truck driver, all right, 110 years for brakes that failed as he was driving. And this is a brake failure, something that. If your brakes failing you as you're driving, dog, you can't do nothing. You gotta either try to slow down some way, try to make a way. You gotta try to crash into something to try to stop everything. You got to do something. As a matter of fact, he was, uh, as it was reported, he was doing eighty five miles per hour, and if you're a big truck, and he was driving like those big sixteen wheeler trucks, the ones that like carry packages from like Walmart to Walmart and all these type of like big old trucks. If you're doing 85 miles per hour, you're doing, I mean, you getting it. And for you to try to stop with your brakes failing, you're definitely going to hit something. You're definitely going to be skirting. You're definitely going to try to find something. But in the end, ladies and gentlemen, four people ended up dying in this situation. And people were injured because of this situation. And this man gets 110 years. Now, I'm not saying that he shouldn't be getting time or whatever, but I think we need to question certain things whenever things of this magnitude comes around. If it's a brake failure, do you really like what what's the case for that? Because a brake failure that goes with, to my understanding and to my belief, that will go and hinge more on the factory or the people that made the brakes and all that type of thing. That doesn't really go onto the driver, but The driver was the one behind the vehicle. It takes somebody to go behind the vehicle and drive a vehicle to cause these accidents. So, with him being the one to be the driver and him technically causing these accidents, he has to face the actions. Well, he has to face the consequences for his actions. So, if he's getting 110 years, and he has accepted this technically, but his lawyer has said that they're going to appeal it, and you already got people already like 3.4 million people signing a petition to try to say, yo, that time's too much for this type of situation. What is going to happen with Kim Potter? We're going to say, yo, there's going to be people that are going to try to make connections between the truck driver and her. An accident is an accident. She's a 26-year vet, while this man is literally 26. So when she started police work, this man was just being born. Okay? That's the legit two parallels that we have here. I don't know what the deal is. Whenever I hear of tragedies, like a Kim Potter situation with the Dante Wright, yo, you got to accept what happened. You got to do it. You, you got to accept what happened. You knew the responsibility that you were taking whenever you're doing a big uh job like this, whenever you are um a police officer, you know the responsibility that you have, you know it. There's no way you don't know the type of risk that you're taking. Everybody knows the risk that everybody's taking when you have whenever you're a police officer. Doctors know what type of risk they're taking if they happen to screw up on a surgery. That's why doctors are doctors. Yes, they look at the money, but I guarantee you there are doctors right now that are terrified. To go into surgery, because they know that if they screw up on one thing in surgery, they're going to be held liable, and then they could be literally facing some jail time because of doing something inside of a surgical room. It is what it is. So when you being a police officer and you doing this for 26 years as a vet, and you make a rookie mistake, if we're going to go with that assumption, you still got to pay the consequences for that, my dog. And I don't know. They're saying that closing arguments is supposed to happen this Monday. And again, we're rolling into this week. Oh, closing arguments are supposed to happen tomorrow because today is Sunday. Um, this week is Christmas week because this week literally is the holiday week. Families and everybody are in. I don't know if we're going to get a verdict this week. I would think we're going to. But if closing arguments on Monday, uh, we're probably going to get my best guess, if we don't get one this week, which I think we should, if I'm really going to be honest with you, I think we should get a verdict this week. If we don't, I'm going to be shocked, but like mm, 40% shocked because I don't know what type of people are on that jury for her to get sentenced quickly or not quickly. So again, my best money, she gets sentenced this week. But if she doesn't, I'm not going to be too shocked, but 40% shocked. So my second best guess, mm, next week on a Tuesday, she'll get sentenced. All right. But again, the reading of the comment, a 26-year-old truck driver can get sentenced to 110 years for brake failure and losing control, killing four. But a cop accidentally using her gun instead of a taser killing someone, probably just community service. That's just sickening. When you really think about it, because I never thought about it like that, and I think about a lot of things, but just thinking about that—a brake failure, killing people—and you had no real like control over it, because you might, because he might have been stomping on that brake hard, and I mean stomping on it. But if your brakes failing, you can't do nothing. You only can pray for the best. And people die. You got to deal with that with your conscience, the same way that Kim Potter has to deal with the conscience of killing. Dante Wright, whether it was an accident or not, she got to deal with her conscience on that. So, for me, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm saying that she's going to be found guilty, but it all depends on the jury. For me, I'm putting my best money down that she's going to be found guilty, and that's just going to be the end of it for that. But again, we shall see, and I'm also going to keep my eye out on the truck driver one to see if uh, this petition actually matters, if, people are, if the judge or whoever that's going to see this petition is going to be looking at it and say, you know what, we're going to try to reduce the time for this man. I want to know. And then I want to see the outrage that it might get or might not get. I want to know because you know what? Somebody killing your family, you don't care what happens. You're going to feel outraged that somebody that kills your family member is going to get reduced time in jail because of people making petitions. You're going to be pissed off at that. So, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm going to be looking out on that one, too. But again, that is your uh, Kim Potter update. I want to give you guys another... uh, I want to read you guys something here. And this is coming from Law & Crime, as it reads, Ex-police captain indicted for holding man at gunpoint under false belief that Hispanic children signed 750,000 fake ballots. As the article reads, A former police captain under the Houston Police Department was indicted on Tuesday for allegedly holding an innocent AC repairman at gunpoint over a baseless voter fraud claim that Hispanic children were signing ballots. Mark Anthony Agria, 64, faces a count of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon, records show. According to Mark, he had been conducting surveillance on the victim for four days under a theory the victim was the mastermind of a giant fraud and there were 750,000 fraudulent ballots in a truck he was driving. The office of the Harris County District Attorney said, instead, the victim turned out to be an innocent and ordinary air conditioning repairman. Mark rammed his SUV into the back of the victim's truck to force him to stop in the October nineteenth, 2020 incident, prosecutors said. The repairman stepped out, but Mark pointed a gun at him, forced him to get on the ground and put a knee on the man's back, authority says. There were no ballots in the truck, only air conditioning parts and the tools, the DA's office said. Mark got 266400 from the right-wing group Liberty Center for God and the Country to do his work, authority said. He crossed the line from dirty politics to commission of a violent crime, and we are lucky no one was killed, Harris County District Attorney Kim Og, said his alleged investigation was backward from the start, first alleging a crime had occurred and then trying to prove it happened. Mark was fired from the Houston Police Department in 2003 for his role in a street racing raid where 278 people were arrested. So hold up, let me make sure I got this right. This man wasn't no officer? This man was, oh my god, what are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? This man was no officer. He was nothing. This man just was out here. Just. Not. Oh, my God. He got paid to do this. He got paid a cool six figures to do this. Dog. Listen, I don't know how politicians. Oh, no. Let me stop that right here. Politicians and political groups will screw you over. Understand me? I wonder, did they give this man some type of, not even political staff, did they give this man some type of high-power attorney that's going to fight his battle for him? I want to know that because, you know what, if he got six figures from this political group to do this job, are they going to look after him? Because this man is now in jail because of his own reconnaissance. He did it because (laughs) he took the money from them. But is he going to like turn like snitch on them? Because I would like to think that, yo, know, if you got six figures from this political group, you would think that they should be trying to ride with you all the way. But since there was nothing to this basic baseless claims of seven hundred and fifty thousand ballots being in this man's back of this uh truck, and now this man's basically left out to cold and dry, high and dry by this uh political group. This man has to face this thing by himself. It's just ridiculous to me when you really read all these articles and all these things happening to people left and right, how dumb people are. And this man was truly dumb. I want people to understand this, and I want you to hear me and hear me well, because right now we're kind of dealing with this right now, too. Politicians and political groups do not care about you. I'll say it again for the people in the back to understand and really, really hear me out here. I'll say it to you slow. Politicians and political groups do not care about you. You understand? Politicians and these big political groups, they're nothing but people shaking hands behind closed doors. You understand me? In front of our faces, they're going to yell... Scratch and claw and call every call the their opposition everything but the child of God to our faces and make us get riled riled up so much that we will declare to be one political party for the rest of our life. You you'll vote for a Democrat not knowing anything about him, not knowing anything about her, not knowing anything about the representative. You just know that it's a Democrat. Yeah, I'm voting Democrat. Same thing on the Republican side. You don't know anything about the Republican, whether it's him, her, whatever, their beliefs, whatever the case may be, you know it's Republican, and they're going against Democrat. Yeah, I'm voting for Republican. No, 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 no. Politics care nothing about you. If you're not part of that secret society, if you're not a part of that political family, they don't care about you. I just want to make that perfectly clear. Politics don't care about you. It's a, it's a real rarity whenever you get a politician that really comes from the slums and they really get there and they actually remember their roots of being from the slums, being from the dirt, being who they were whenever they were in the dirt and remembering the people that were around them and remembering all the injustice that they had to deal with and they actually could make poli- policies that actually could change society better. It's refreshing when you get one and really get one but it's a real rarity let me just call a spade a spade here it's a real rarity as a matter of fact this week uh charlemagne gave joe biden donkey of the day because from my understanding he didn't he went back on his word for trying to um get rid of college debt for people that are in college like debt for college students again I'm blessed to have said that I've never dealt with college debt in my life. I am blessed. I'm one of the real few to say that. Like truly say I've never dealt with college debt. So thank God for that. But I want everybody to understand there is no politician in the world that is going to get rid of college debt. There is none. None. And what I'm saying that is this because Joe Biden has also uh said that now that coming up in February, uh College students will have to restart, like, repaying back uh, their debt to the colleges now. So now they got to start making payments back to the colleges. Long story short here. um, Politicians will run and say what they want to say to your face. But when it's time and they're in the office, it's hard for them to make it true to form. Because even though they might have that dead set on their list, literally dead set on their list, when you get into office and you look at everything that you have to do, a lot of other important things might have to uh, take like your main focus more than that certain thing that you were promising on on your campaign trail. Certain things come above things. You don't know what the president really has to deal with. We don't know these things. Again, politicians are back uh, behind the scenes, behind the closed doors, shaking hands with each other. So that also includes when you're the president, you have to deal with other people in other countries, aka dictators in certain countries, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, certain leaders in other countries, you have to deal with them. You have to make deals on the load that only you and that person knows about that deal. And you'll have to take the blunt of all the negative press because you're going back on your word the same way that Biden's doing now. Dog, I don't know what it is but we will never know as regular ordinary people that we all vote I'll say it again we all vote I didn't vote this one cuz I know my vote doesn't count because if you did Hillary Clinton would have been president uh in 2016 instead of Donald Trump but again because Hillary won the uh population vote but Trump won the electoral college vote but that's neither nor here nor there <laughs> Politicians and politics are nothing but greasy, underhanded tactics by people that you will never see a day in your life. Literally. The people that actually make up and do the deciding of who actually is going to become the president, these are people that you've never seen a day in your life. You might you might think you see them, but you don't. But if you do see them, guess what? They're downplaying it so bad that they actually control who they can control. Again, I might be on my conspiracy way. People might say, Joe, you're being a conspiracy theorist guy. Hey, say what you want about it. I'm just telling you right now. I don't know what to say for politicians and politics. Politicians and politics are dirty. I don't trust no politicians. I don't trust no politics. I don't do none of that. I keep to my own. If anything's going to stop me from doing what I got to do, then that becomes a problem of mine. But ever since now, I see nothing that's becoming a problem of mine yet. So, I stay in my lane, politics stay in their lane, we have never ever crossed in each other's lane path yet. When the time does come, best believe it, I'll say what I gotta say about it, and trust me, I'm gonna put my foot dead up in politics But whenever it goes into my uh, lane. Just wanna state that, but again, this man was left high and dry, he got paid six figures, it is what it is, he's an idiot, he ride too hard for this... He ride too hard for what he believed in or that money was just too good and he was down in the slums and he needed it. But again, not all money's good money. That money was dirty money and he was an idiot for taking that up. Anybody, and I mean anybody, that hears about somebody saying that these are fake ballots, I want you to do a job, I'll pay you this much to see if somebody has ballots and that they're doing, don't take it. Because they're going to leave you high and dry whenever it comes out that there's nothing there. You're going to be looking like a complete jack rabbit hole. And guess what? You're going to be left out high and dry. And that's exactly what this man got left out, high and dry. So I don't feel no uh, way about it. Just want to throw that out there. On to the next topic. Derek Chauvin, pleads guilty to civil rights charges in the killings of George Floyd. This is coming from The Guardian. Former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin has pleaded guilty to violating George Floyd's civil rights during the arrest that killed Floyd in May of 2020, sparking mass racial justice protests across the U.S. and beyond. No crap he did. Who would have thought it? Uh, Chauvin appeared in federal court in person on Wednesday morning to change his plea to guilty. It means he will not face a federal trial in January, though he could end up spending more years behind bars when a judge sentences him at a later date. Chauvin is charged with two counts of depriving Floyd of his rights for pinning his knee against Floyd's neck as a black man was handcuffed and not resisting and for failing to provide medical care to Floyd during the 25th of May, 2020 arrest that resulted in Floyd's death. Duh. Chauvin, who has been convicted of state murder and manslaughter charges, is serving a sentence of 22 and a half years. All right, cool. He accepted it. I'm glad he did. But what made him accept it? I don't Matter you know, fact, you know what, Joe? bypass all that he accepted it same thing that kim potter should have did she should have accepted uh she shot homeboy but we're gonna get to that whenever we get to that in real life but Derek chauvin congratulations you accepted that let's get on with the sentencing so we can hurry up and sentence uh this man to whatever he gotta do and i don't want to hear Derek chauvin's name ever again in freaking the news because it's over. George Floyd's not around to be around his family this Christmas. He wasn't around this Thanksgiving for his daughter and his family this year. George Floyd's life is lost. And that's the real tragedy of this thing. So that's why I don't want to hear Derek Chauvin's name anymore. Let's hurry up and get Derek Chauvin's sentence for what he he's going to be sentencing and facing because the because he's now agreed to his civil rights charges. Let's hurry up and get to it. I'm tired of seeing his name. I don't want to see this man's name ever again. I'm tired. On to the next topic, and this comes from CBS News. As it reads, Louisiana judge caught using racist slur disqualified from working. Alright. As it reads, the Louisiana Supreme Court has disqualified Judge Michelle Ordinate after she was caught on video using a racial slur. The Lafayette City judge, who previously said she had no memory of the incident, admitted to her role in the video and apologized. Friday's order said that Michelle is disqualified from exercising judicial functions without salary during the pendency of further proceedings in these matters. A video circulated on social media did not show Michelle's face, but displayed what looked like footage of an attempted burglary on a television screen at the judge's home. Voices, one of which is Michelle, her attorney Dan Calilio, confirmed Wednesday, can be heard in the background. They are laughing and using racist slurs. In a statement from Dane on Wednesday, the attorney said Michelle feels humiliated, embarrassed, and sorry for what she has done and the harm she has caused to the community. Dan added she requested a leave of absence without pay. Michelle has previously claimed to have taken a sedative to have taken a sedative at the time the video was made and that she didn't remember it. She told CBS affiliate KLFY TV that she, had, she and her children were the victims of an armed burglary. The police were called and the assailant was arrested, she said. The incident shook me to my core and my mental state was fragile. Okay, we're going to mental state again. Anyone who knows me and my husband knows this is the... This is contrary to the way we live our lives, she added. I am deeply sorry and ask for forgiveness and understanding as my family and I deal with the emotional aftermath of this armed burglary. KLFY reported that the 59-year-old Ronald Handy, who is black, was arrested and charged with two counts of simple burglary. He was being held in the Lafayette Parish Jail on $10,000 bond. Police said he was not armed. Judge Jefferson D. Hughes III descended Friday's order saying that he would like to see more of the facts. While I condemn the language reported in the media, at this point, we all have our media reports, he wrote. There is no public recall for Louisiana judges, so only a direct decision from the Louisiana Supreme Court will remove Michelle from her bench. The Louisiana Legislative Black Caucus, the NCAA CP, the NAACP and several local leaders have called in, called on Michelle to resign. Listen, so I understand we're all we all gonna get what we're getting at here. Michelle's a white woman, as I'm looking at her photo right now, and you mean to tell me that she's saying that she popped a pill because well a man broke into her home and basically attempted to burglarize their home, and we're saying that she basically called him a, a nigger or nigger. All right, let's 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 cut it. Let's cut it. Say what it is. She called him a nigger out of anger and spite because he tried to break into her home. All right. I'm going to say it again. and I'm going to say it all for everybody to understand. White people, Asian people, my Hispanic people, anybody that is not of black descendant. and You know what I'm talking about? Black descendant. You know what I mean by that? you guys cannot say the n-word. You guys cannot. I repeat, you guys cannot say the n-word. It's not okay. It's not fine. It's not cool. The only time that I can literally say that you guys can say the n-word is if you're at a musical event and even then you are going to get some side-eye looks by the black community. If you're at a rap concert and you're at a Kanye West situation, if he's playing some uh music and it has the word nigga, like gold digger. You know what the famous line is. I ain't saying she a gold digger, but she ain't messing with no broke. You know the word. If you're at a Kanye West concert and he happens to break that out, and you happen to say that line, and you surround black folks, black folks might not care at that moment because they're jamming out the Kanye West at the moment. So you might get a pass, literally at that point. But When you're outside of the concert and you happen to say the n-word, you're not going to get a pass on that. You might come up to the right one and somebody might deck you in the face for saying the n-word because they ain't trying to hear somebody that's not a black descendant saying the n-word. I'm just going to call a spade a spade. So with her being caught on video saying a racial slur, which we all know what the slur is, since the man that got captured was a black man, is easy to depict that it was the N-word, but since we don't know the word, and they're not going to technically tell us it on the writing, allegedly she said the N-word. Alleged. But common sense will tell you, since a man, and it was a black man that burglarized her home, it was the N-word. But allegedly, uh, she said the N-word. I'll say it again. If you're not a black descendant, do not say the N-word. Please don't. There are certain black people don't like saying, hearing other black people saying the N-word now. But, hey, the only people that can say the N-word is technically us, because guess what? It was called, we were called N-words by white civilization over here in America. We were called way worse of things, but shoot, we just decided to take the N-word and flip it and use it for our best interest. And shoot, certain people now still relegate us now for saying the N-word, because they look at us like, how can you say the N-word We're your people of the past? And guess what? We like to say, shut up, nigga. That's exactly what we like to say because guess what? We're not trying to hear it from you. We know what it is. If we call another black person my and nigga, we know what it is. We're cool with that person. We know it is of the black dictionary lingo between each other. It is what it is. But again, PSA to everybody that if you're not a black descendant. If you are not a black descendant, If you have no black in you, and people will say, why black in me? No, 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 you know what I mean. And you know what I mean hard-wise. Let me break it to you. Logic, a rapper named Logic, he is looky, make look white. But in his raps, he says he's biracial. But that boy does not look biracial at all. People still look at him and say, ugh. If he says the N word, what's gonna happen to him? Because he looks straight up white. Halsey, she is biracial, but if you look at her, she looks more white than anything on the black side. Let's just call a spade a spade. So, if you have some melanin on you, whether it be you be light skinned you be caramel, you be milk chocolate, dark skinned, uh, any other variant of the Not mulatto, because that's a racial slur now, legitimately. Uh, If you have some melanin showing off on you, you can say the word. And people might say, Joe, that's not right. Hey, it is what it is. I don't make the rules. I'm just trying to keep you guys from getting hit in the face, legitimately. I really am, because I care about human nature, and I care about people. I don't want people to just get rawed off and rocked in the face because you said the N-word because you see black people saying the N-word. I don't want that for my people. I don't want that for human civilization because guess what? Once a black person hits somebody in the face, they're going to look at us like we are animals. They're going to look at us like we are trash. They're going to look at us like we are everything that people have been calling us for years upon years. Thugs, heathens, uh, thieves, stealers, uh, shoot, rapists. In certain instances, you know what I'm talking about, slavery days. I don't need to go that far, should I? They are going to us everything but the child of God. Because if you get a black person hitting somebody that's not one of us for saying the N-word, they're going to look at us like we're crazy. When in reality, we're not crazy. You guys are crazy for using the N-word. So again, the only pass in my book that I think that white people or anybody else can say the N-word is if you're at a concert and you're more than less at a black concert, and you're rapping along, and you're just vibing out with everybody else, and it happens to get to a song, and you happen to say the word, that might be the only place where you can actually say the N-word at. Other than that, don't try it. Please, God, don't try it, because you might get socked in the face. And I don't want that to happen to you, and I don't want no type of ramification to happen to my black brothers and sisters out here because they feel some type of way for somebody that's not black saying the N-word. That's all. But for the lady, I don't see anything she shouldn't get, like, taken off the bench. By God, she was in the heat of the moment. Somebody tried to take some off of her freak. Somebody tried to burglarize her home so I can give... I'm not going to say I give her a pass-pass, but it was an easy one to just throw out there. But again, don't let that happen to anybody else because don't think that everybody's going to say, well, somebody just burglarized her home. I can say the N-word. No, 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 no. You still might get rocked in the face, champ. Just want to throw that out there. Anyway, on to the next topic. Uh, this is coming from Money Watch, well, Market Watch, excuse me. As the topic reads, ex-Olympic speed skating medalist charged with stealing $10 million in COVID-19 aid to help finance Elijah Wood movie. A former U.S. Olympic speed champion, speed skating champion, has been indicted on charges that she fraudulently obtained $10 million in COVID-19 relief aid and used part of the money to finance a movie. Finance a film made by Lord of the Rings star Elijah Wood. Federal prosecutors in Utah says Allison Baver, 41, has filed several applications in April 2020 for Paycheck Protection Programs loans, aka PPP loans, claiming her entertainment company had as many as 430 employees and a monthly payroll of over 4 million dollars. But prosecutors say the company Allison Baver Entertainment had no employees and no monthly payroll. Now, nonetheless, Baver's applications were approved and she received a payment of just under $10 million, according to court documents. A message left with Baver, who who lives in Taylorsville, Utah, wasn't immediately returned. It wasn't immediately clear whether she had retained a lawyer, prosecutors say, Baver used $150,000 of the money to help finance a film called No Man of God that was produced by Wood's production company, uh, Company X. The film about the relationship between serial killer Ted Bundy and an FBI special agent was released earlier this year and starred Wood as the FBI agent. Baver is listed in the film's credits as an executive producer and, according to IMDB, had an uncredited role in the film. All right, so they're going to basically try to grab her for that. Listen, dog, if you get, I don't understand what a PPP loan is. I don't know. People might say you get PPP loans, PPP loans. Apparently that is a business type loan that people would try to grab from the, uh, government. And from my deciphering of what that means is if you got employees in your business and you got to keep your business afloat during the COVID timing, you use the PPP loans to pay off, uh, your employees and keep your businesses afloat at this exact same time. And whenever the government rolls around and they start asking for their money back, you'll be able to pay them their money back. That's at least my understanding of what a PPP loan is. Now, for her to have no business doing a PPP loan, because we've seen, well, I've heard of a lot of black people in New York specifically having PPP loans, and they're now just getting locked up, because guess what? The feds are always watching your Instagram. The feds are always watching your social media accounts, and they're wanting to see what you spend with their money that they're giving you that you have to pay back. Guess what? This woman had no business signing up for a PPP loan. She had no employees. She had no business. She had no production company. Yo, dog, I don't know what she was doing, but $10 million, for COVID relief, yo, you got yo, I, you gotta figure that out because I don't see her pay that money back at all. So you gotta find a way how you are gonna get ten million dollars worth of money out of this woman. Now whether she gets some jail time, I don't know. Me personally, you gotta find a way how you get that ten million out of her. You know, you whatever's left in her bank account, take that. Make her work off that $10 million, which means that she's basically going to be working for the rest of her life because you ain't working off $10 million unless you are doing some... And I mean, I don't mean to say this in the most... This is nasty, but let's not act like we don't live in a nasty world here, ladies and gentlemen. We've seen people work off some debts by doing some sexual favors for some people. So I'm not sure if they're going to have this uh, speed, this Olympian... Uh, speed skating medalists do some sexual favors to help pay off that 10 million dollars but if you're working like a legitimate job to pay off 10 million dollars you are never paying off that 10 million dollars with a legitimate job and they didn't say in the article did she was she a um did she have some type of educational background they didn't tell they didn't say that she was a college graduate or whatever the case may be she might be but again 10 million dollars. That's a lot to work off, my friend. That's a lot. So I don't know what she has in her bank account, but $10 million, yeah, that was a lot. She scammed the government, but boy, did that government look at you real hard and say, we're going to keep an eye on you. And boy, did you get lockety lock, click, click. So we got to see what's going to happen here. That's one I do want to know. I haven't seen a lot of coverage for it, but I'll be sure to uh, keep you guys updated with that one as well. Uh, Two more topics before I get you guys out of here. One topic is from the Washington Post. Eric Clapton, he's suing a woman who listed a bootleg CD on eBay for $11, but now she owes thousands. When a German woman listed an Eric Clapton CD on eBay over the summer, she thought the rock music purchased by her late husband decades earlier could fetch her around $11 in the online marketplace if she was lucky. Instead, it somehow got the attention of Clapton, who sued the woman, for copyright infringement, and accused her of selling a bootleg CD of one of his live shows from the 1980s. Now, the 55-year-old widower, who did not sell the CD and claimed she did not know it was a bootleg, owes thousands of dollars in court fees. A German judge on Wednesday sided with Clapton in the lawsuit, ordering that the woman known as Gabriella Gabrielle P. paid nearly $4,000 in court costs for copyright infringement, according to the German news outlet, DW. The woman who lives in a small German town about an hour outside of Cologne claimed her late husband bought the CD, Eric Clapton Lived USA, at a department store in 1987, DW reported. She told the court she did not know she was infringing copyright when she listed the bootleg recording of one of Clapton's concerts on eBay for 9.95 euros or about $11.20. The CD was listed for one day before it was removed. But a judge with The what their region, court rejected the woman's appeal this week, saying it did not matter that she did not purchase the CD or know it was an illegal recording, reported the German newspaper. The court also ruled that if she tried to sell the Clapton bootleg again, she could face up to six years in prison or a fine of nearly $282,000. Jesus Christ. A spokesperson for Clapton did not immediately return a request for comment. Jesus. See... Again, this is my deal, dog. I don't mm, I don't know how to feel about this. I don't know. I really don't know. She could just mm. copyright is a big thing. And this is the reason why I take clips from places, but I try to tell you exactly where I got the clips from. So I'm giving the person credit from where I got the clips from. And see, that's my deal. Copyright is such a nitpicky thing. You can't do but so much with copyright. You can only use a couple of seconds of a a clip. You can only use um, music for a couple more seconds before you have to say something. Sometimes you can let the whole music rock out, but you got to give credit. And then whenever it's time for monetizing, guess what? You're not going to get no money from it because you use that person's art in that Project that you're using, and so all the money that you would get from it goes directly towards them if you're on YouTube or if you're on something else. Copyright is such a real, real particular thing that you've got to be careful of what you're doing. So whenever she put this CD on eBay, I understand she was just trying to make money. I don't think she should be paying up $4,000 for it, for the love of God. That's a lot of money just for a CD that you got from your husband, allegedly. I gotta say allegedly because this is just coming from her, but we don't know the whole entire situation. So, with this all being said, yo, I feel for her completely. That's a lot of money just for something that you just trying to get $11 from, my G. $11. Now, that $11 is costing you four grand man, I feel sorry for. Her. But again, if you're going to copyright something, ladies and gentlemen, if you're on podcasts, if you're on YouTube, if you're on any of these type of things, please credit the person that you were taking something from. Please credit them. Do whatever you got to do to let people know, hey, I took this from this place or I took this from that place. Do that for the love of God, please. Because if you do not, you're basically screwed. Please, please, please. Now, to the final topic I want to talk to you guys about, and this is something that I basically found just like a why. And it reads, and this comes from Yahoo Entertainment Holly Madison. She was one of Hugh Hefner's like Playboy girls who play, Hugh Hefner had like a show called the Playboy Mansion. I don't know if it was Playboy Bunny Girls. Either way, it had Kendra Wilkinson, uh, Holly Madison, and one more girl, three of the Playboy Bunny girls that were allegedly Hugh Hefner's girlfriends at the time of this TV show, Uh, she talks about uh, a traumatic first night sleeping with Hugh Hefner. He was literally pushed on top of me. That's the headline for the article. As the article reads, uh, Holly Madison is continuing to speak out about her time at the Playboy Mansion, this time on the Power Hugh Hefner podcast. Madison became one of Hugh Hefner's girlfriends at the age of 21 and recalled their traumatic first night together the former girl's next door star there you go now 41 had an unconventional first night well first date with the publishing mogul when she went to a club with him and a group of other women i wasn't un- i wasn't necessarily expecting to have sex that night i thought it would be more of a like a first date even though obviously it's not a very traditional first date i thought it would be more of the type of thing where i saw what happened Saw what was going on. If I wasn't comfortable with it, I wouldn't have to do anything and I couldn't make my decision on whether I wanted to come back for date two or not, she shared. I wasn't necessarily expecting to have sex that night, and I definitely was not expecting to be the first one to go that night, but I was wasted. And he was literally pushed on top of me, and after it happened, I was just mortified and embarrassed. It had way more of of an emotional impact on me than I thought it would. Madison said she admired Hefner from their previous but limited interactions, and it wasn't the fact that she had sex with him that repelled her. It was more the group aspect that was really out of my comfort zone, and just the feeling of, wow, okay, that happened. Everybody knows it happened, she explained. I kind of all of a sudden felt like everybody was going to know about me, and I was horrified by it. The next morning, Madison asked to move into the mansion because she felt like that was demanding respect in a way. I felt like if I didn't do that, I was just going to be haunted by this experience, she said, calling their night a, night together a traumatic experience. Madison also detailed the alleged tactics Hefner used to control the women in his life. The former E-Star claims the Playboy founder took, un- took non-consensual explicit photos of her and other women. When girls would go out with Hef in the limo and in the nightclub and come back to his room after, he would constantly take photos of these women on his disposable camera. And these women were almost always intoxicated. I know I was very intoxicated, Madison alleged. They wouldn't just be his regular girlfriends. They would be new girls who were joining him for a night for the first time or women who had flown out from across the country to test for a centerfold in, you know, allegedly professional conditions. And they'd be invited out and oftentimes would be pressured, not necessarily directed directly by him. He would have some of his girlfriends do it too, pressure them to come upstairs. Anyway, he constantly taking all these pictures. All right, let's get it. Let's get to it. Dude, how? Yeah, Hugh Hefner. Playboy, there is no way on God's Green that you did not know. There's no way. I'm just going to call a spade a spade here. Oh, you go into something with your eyes open. Playboy, naked women exposing themselves. We know what it is. We know Hugh Hefner only because of that. Same thing with Larry Flint, Hustler. You think he didn't see naked women? You think he didn't take photos of naked women? You think women didn't get naked? Look like naked in front of Larry Flint or Hugh Hefner? Come on, dog! This is where we got to stop it. Hugh Hefner is dead now. You should have said this whenever you Hugh Hefner was alive. You should have said this whenever you were around Hugh Hefner. You should have said this whenever the show dropped. Matter of fact, you shouldn't have ever been on the show if this is what you felt. People might say, well, Gerald, she's 41 now. She was 21 at the time. 20 years of experience of dealing with... Uh, No. 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 I gotta stop her there. I gotta call a spade a spade. Once you are taking your clothes off in front of Hugh Hefner and you're with Hugh Hefner in my ad, Hugh Hefner was an old saggy man at that time too. So, dog, that makes me have to question your mental mind state. What did you want out of that situation too? Let's call a spade a spade. Certain times we just call a spade a spade and ask, what the hell are you doing in these si- in these situations? Like seriously, what young, vibrant, sexy, young woman, who on God's green wants to go to Hugh Hefner and have sex with Hugh Hefner. Looking at Hugh Hefner at that time, my man was old and wrinkled up. Come on. (laughs) Come on. I'm not trying to play a hate. I mean, if Hefner had game, my man had game. I mean, that's good if he did, but who the hell knows? But by God. You went to them. I'm trying here. I really am because I want to believe all women. I have a sister. I have a mother. I have women in my life that would talk to me. I have women that I talk to if I have a problem with women's situation. I have women to talk to. I just don't understand how you're going to make me believe that you felt a type of way. You were on a first date with Hugh Hefner. You went up to his thing. You got drunk. First and foremost, we need to we need to stop it here. If you're no, if you know you're not a drinker, why the hell are you drinking? Let's just call a spade a spade on that too. If you're not a drinker, why do you drink? If you know that you don't supposed to take all take all these type of drinks, don't do it. If you know you're a lightweight. Take your limit. Do, matter of fact, if you only drink one beer, drink half of a beer to say, okay, I got my taste of it, and I'm done. Don't drink the whole beer because guess what? You're a lightweight, and you'll get buzzed off of that. So you're going to make me the person, the recipient that's watching you and that knows that you only got one count. I'm going to have to say, hey, yo, bro, yo, you know you only take this much. i done my part now, and that's up to you. But certain times, no, you got to... Put that all on you because you are the only person at the end of the day that is responsible for your actions, your own actions. You got drunk and you knew that. All these other women that got drunk around Hugh Hefner, the same man that is a playboy. What, did he talk to you while you were naked and tell you to get dressed, to get undressed? What? Oh my God. I'm just trying to figure this thing out so bad. I don't... Oh my God! I'm just trying to figure this out. Apparently, she dated from Hugh Hefner from 2001 to 2008. So, if she got to him in 2001 at 21, from 2008, that's seven years. So she left literally at when she was 28 years old. Dog, I don't know what is going on here. So, ladies, and even you too, gents. This goes to everybody here. If you are with an elder statesperson. A.K.A. that likes to take photos of you. And we've seen some nasty photographers in our time here on this planet. And we know the nasty photographers. We've seen some of their work. We've seen some of the... We've heard about it. We're starting to hear a whole lot about people now saying stuff for the Me Too stuff. Still even coming out to this day now. I want you to really stop and really think about what you're doing. Hugh Hefner's dead now. You had all this time while he was living to say something to the public. You had all this time and everything else now. Now that he's dead, you feel that you want to come out now and unburden yourself without this man having the opportunity to fight back and say something. Now you're going to have me thinking of Hugh Hefner as a nasty old man that was doing this and doing it. I'm not doing that. Because if you go up to Hugh Hefner's room, you know damn well what's going to happen. You know it. Either you're going to get naked in front of him or something of the occasion. People might say, no, it's not. No, yes, you are. Stop it. And that's why I want people to stop doing now. If you are at a movie casting and you go to dinner with a director, don't do that. If he says, oh, let's go to dinner. Stop that mess right in this track and say, no, nah, I'm good. Yo, I'm here for this job right here. I'm here to get casted. I'm not here to go on a date with you. I'm here to do a job and get out. See, people want to get too friendly at these jobs, and then that's when people mix business with pleasure. And then whenever something happens, we get the oh face like, oh, my God, I can't believe. No, what, how did this thing occur? How did it happen? See, that's my whole question. I want to know how did this happen? Yes, the initial reaction is, oh, my God, I can't believe it. But my second one's always, okay, how did this happen? What centered this thing to go down? What happened? That's my thing. And when I hear this woman right here talking about tra- her having a traumatic night with Hugh Hefner, she was intoxicated, he pushed up on her. How can we not say that Hugh Hefner wasn't drunk? We don't know. We don't know because we're only getting one side of the story, but we can never get the other side of the story. You want to know why? Because Hugh Hefner's dead and he won't be, ever be able to defend himself. That's the problem that I have technically with a couple of these tell-all books. You do these things after somebody's dead now, and they can't fight back and say something. That's my problem. If you, somebody has vandalized you. Or hurt you. In a way. You have to say these things. Right then and there. Don't wait. Till like years later. And they're dead. Like. Oh now I can say something now. Hell no you can't. You gotta bottom that up. You gotta keep that inside you now. Because if you make me have to now think about, okay, why did somebody stay, keep this silent this long? Why this? Why that? This is why that why game is so detrimental, and it hurts a lot of women, and certain people, certain women might look at me now and say, Joe, you can't, you went to all these women in gender studies classes, you know, yes, I know the reasons why, I know this and that, I do, but it still leaves me with man brain to make me think, even as a human being, say to myself, okay, you kept that inside of you for so long now that the person's dead and he's not able to fight back or she's not able to fight back for what you're saying that's some cowardly stuff right there to me in my opinion in certain of these situations in certain situations we cherry pick certain people I can believe this was nastiness I can believe this I can believe that it's all human nature we all cherry pick we're all hypocrites it is what it is but for this it's Hugh Hefner Playboy, we know what it is. She knew what it is. Playboy was around way longer than before 2001. That mess was going along way long, probably in the 80s, definitely in the 90s. But Hugh Hefner, come on, dog, you know what it is. So I'm not going to look at Hugh Hefner no type of way. If anything, I'm looking at Holly Madison some type of way now that you want to come out here now and say something about Hugh Hefner, dog. I got to look at you some type of way now, because now eh, I'm look at you like you didn't make the best decisions ever, did you? Because now you got to say something now that he's dead. Ugh, Ladies and gentlemen, whether you be a man or a woman, if you are going to go out with somebody of your chosen profession, whether it be somebody in your executive position, matter of fact, if it's somebody above you, don't go to dinner with them. If it's somebody that's equal of you, don't go to dinner with them. If it's somebody below you, don't go to dinner with them. Do not go to dinner with somebody in your exact same profession, a.k.a. the exact same job as you. If you're a model and you're going out to dinner with a photographer, you are subconsciously agreeing to something happening. Whether people want to admit it or not, you are. You're agreeing to dinner. Anything after that, that's between two consenting adults because you guys went to dinner and we now, as the Public have to wonder, okay, why did she go to dinner with this person? Well, she wanted to meet him and know him and this and that. You can do that at a photo shoot. You guys can talk at the photo shoot. You mean to tell me you can't, can't talk after the scenes and da da da, no this or that? Come on, dog. There's certain things I just got to question, certain things. But again, that's just me in my own mind. That's just the way I look at certain things. And it's not going to make me change unless I hear about it from somebody else from their own first-hand experience about it. But again, I don't like that Hugh Hefner's not here to fight back this certain this this allegation right here. I don't like it. I would like for people to be able to fight back and then me actually, be, as a human being, be able to decipher between the two people's stories and make me, in my own brain, think, okay, I can believe this happened from her, I can believe this happened from him, I can put stories together and really depictate exactly the truth in that I can live with that version of it instead of one side of a situation, it will never hear about the other. See that I can never roll with that because that person's dead. I can't do it. I will never agree with it. I just need to know why did you wait so long now? That's all. Anyway, that was my rant on that one. Uh, yeah, that's it. Let me get you guys my social media uh links so you guys get so I can get you guys out of here. On Twitter, you can find me at at my two podcast. Instagram, my 2 cents podcast G 2 and my email, if you want to yell at me, if you want to say how dare you, if you want to say to me, yo dog, you are wilding, you missed certain things, that wasn't the whole detail, if you have something to tell me, my email is my2centspod at yahoo.com, I'll spell it out for you, M-Y, the number 2, C-E-N-T-S-P-O-D, at yahoo.com, That email is for anybody that has listened to me to say what they got to say. Whether you agree with me, disagree with me, if you want to talk to me about something that I missed. If you just want to talk to me because again, holiday times are here. This week is the holiday week. This week is Christmas week and we are all going through our own things emotionally, mentally. If you need somebody to talk to I am here. Don't think just because you heard me talk about uh, Hugh Hefner just a couple minutes ago. And you might have heard somebody being angry and upset and you might not have liked my decision or my uh, opinion on it. Don't think I'm not a human being at the end of the day, I still am. And I would love to talk to you if you feel some type of way. That has always been me. I'm really here to have those type of conversations. My email is there for you to talk to me about anything, whether you be depressed, whether you think I'm a butthole, whether you think any type of thing, just know that I'm here to have these type of conversations with you. I'm always here. Anyway, I want to thank Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbeam, Audible, and Amazon Music for allowing me to still be on their uh, streaming services, because by God, they can kick me off, and they can't kick me off uh, if they disagree with what I've said, but they've been rocking with the kids, so I've been great, and you can find past and future episodes on those websites and all those streaming services. And with that, always remember... I love you, I love you, I love you. I want you guys to have a great Sunday. I want you guys to have a great holiday week. For the love of God, please have a great holiday week. You guys are all in my prayers. I want you guys to have a great week. You guys will hear back from me. If you listen to wrestling, you'll hear back from me Saturday on the wrestling highlights of the week on Christmas day. If you don't listen to wrestling, you'll hear from me next Sunday where I just basically give you my year wrap up and I talk about how the year was for me and my people. And I want to give out flowers to the people that have helped me get to the place that i am right now with this podcast that's basically going to be the big gist of next week's uh podcast on sunday but with that i want to say this is a goodbye this is until you hear from the sweet sounding voice again this has been my two cents podcast presented by g2 i am him, and he is i i love you all please have a great sunday please have a safe uh holiday week and you'll hear from me again this following Saturday or Sunday, whatever day you choose to hear from me. But other than that, Kanye, can you please take these people home? I'm tired, you tired, Uh Jesus wept.